The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome to the Financial Physician Radio Program, back live with you. Last week, uh, it was I had every intention of, of broadcasting a live show. I was on vacation uh, in Cancun, Mexico, and... Um, Anybody who's been to Mexico knows that the internet is incredibly unreliable there, but it was working uh, um, Monday and Tuesday for the most part, and I thought I'd be able to get the show off, and uh, unfortunately, uh, on Wednesday afternoon, I had no internet. And we broadcast over Skype, so it's uh, it's the way we get into the studio, especially when we're traveling. So uh, I wasn't able to do a live show. We had to rerun the, the previous week's show, and I really do apologize for that because I know the, the previous week I had a live show, and then the two weeks before that we had Christmas and New Year's. So I had really one live show uh, in basically a month, and, and I do apologize for that. So uh, we are back live, and uh, uh, we will be giving you a live show, and we hopefully will be live going forward at least the next few weeks. So let's start the program off talking about one of the most interesting markets um, out there, and that's the gold market. I probably had more grief this year uh, from listeners and clients and, and, uh, and myself in my own position in the gold market last year. The gold market had its first down year uh, in 11 years, prompting all the pundits out there and all the Enemies of gold to come out and say that the bull market and gold is over. Gold's going back to its old relic stat- status that it's worth nothing and uh, stocks and bonds are the place to be. And the U.S. dollar by that matter. Uh, so what's really happening here in the gold market is that uh, the decline of 30% in 2013 was A, manufactured. It was not the result of supply and demand like most markets are. It was a result of central banks, namely the Federal Reserve, wanting gold down to increase confidence in the dollar as they were printing $85 billion a month, basically a trillion dollars a year. Think about it. How could the Fed be printing a trillion dollars a year and gold goes down 30%? It's counterintuitive. It makes no sense. Then when we take into consideration the supply and demand factors in the gold market, it makes absolutely no sense. We had tremendous physical demand worldwide, namely in Asia, 
the Chinese, the Vietnamese, the Indians are buying with both fists. Demand for American Eagle gold coins were almost a record last year. Same with silver gold coins. Silver coins, I should say. But meanwhile, the market goes down 30%. Gold is the only market where demand could outstrip supply and the price can go down. Why? Because of the paper market, namely the COMEX, or the COMEX, or whatever you want to call it. This is where futures contracts are traded, and this is where the powers that be could short naked tons of gold and never have to deliver. In other words, manipulate the market. And we saw that happen in April of last year, where gold dropped $200 an ounce in two days. With no news, nothing to justify it. And the amount of gold that was sold during that period exceeded the annual mine supply of gold in just two days. Who has that kind of gold and who sells it that way where they dump it on the market regardless of price? If I have a big position, I'm not dumping it on the market in a market order. You don't do that, whether it's stocks or it's gold or it's, it's any market. You slowly ease yourself out of the position so you can maximize the price that you get for your gold. That's not the way the COMEX works. You'll see a waterfall decline out of nowhere with no news only on the COMEX. To some extent on a London exchange, but namely the Western world. You don't see that in the Asian markets. You see it on the crooked COMEX, and we call it the CRIMEX, me and my buddies. Because we've been watching this for years. But it's so blatant now. So it's counterintuitive. And I know we've hit bottom on gold because over the last two months, I've been getting calls from clients wanting to dump their gold. Because it's going down. And that usually tells me when uh, my clients call me up. And either want to get into a position or out of a position, it's already moved uh, to the extent it's going to move. And I've done everything I can uh, to try to keep them to maintain their precious metals position. Now, I've received a fair, made a fair amount of hate mail from listeners who have overexposed themselves to gold and uh, had to endure 2000. I shouldn't say hate mail. It's not really hate mail. It's just people concerned. And have taken my advice. And I tell them the same thing. I say, well, what's changed as far as the reasoning to own gold and silver? Well, has the Fed stopped printing money? No. Has the country got its financial budget and situation in order? No. Has the economy improved markedly? No. Will the Fed continue to print money and do their quantitative easing? Yes. And as I said in uh, the first show of, the, uh, of this year, that I expect them to increase it. Now, they did this little taper from $85 billion to $75 billion. They had to do it. They did it just to placate the market, who was expecting some kind of thing from them. Otherwise, they would have lost their credibility. But what's going to happen is the economy is imploding. And I will talk about that later in the program, what's really going on in the economy. The Fed will have to continue to buy bonds with printed money and finance our deficit and try to keep stimulating the markets. And again, I said earlier in the the first show of this year, every market is manipulated. I've never seen anything like it. Stock market's manipulated through the stimulus of the Fed. 
the bond market's manipulated as the Fed's buying up bonds to keep interest rates low, and they're going to lose that battle. The dollar's manipulated, and certainly the gold and silver market are manipulated. Why would anybody want to manipulate the gold and silver market? Simply for confidence. The Fed needs the cover of gold and silver being boring, down. It shows that the U.S. dollar is still something of value when it's being printed into oblivion. And it's so obvious. I mean, I got so many things in front of me I could talk about. Uh, On my website, I quote this guy quite a bit, Paul Craig Roberts. He's a former assistant treasury secretary under Ronald Reagan. Think about that. Assistant Treasury Secretary, right under the Treasury Secretary. So this guy's not some crazy gold bug lunatic like me. And he's making some bold new claims about the Federal Reserve and its official government gold holdings. And uh, he's a doctor, he's a PhD. Dr. Roberts says that, quote, they don't have any more gold. That's why they can only give Germany five tons of the 1,500 tons it's holding. In fact, when Germany asked for delivery um, last year, the Fed said no. But it said it will give you back 300 tons over seven years. So they're going to give them back 20% uh, of the gold they entrusted us to hold for them. And it'll take seven years to give them back that 20%. But they're not even able to do that. The Federal Reserve was only able to provide Germany last year with five tons of gold. And we're supposed to give them 300 tons over seven years. Five tons. Why can't they give them the gold? Because they don't have it. They've sold it. They've manipulated the gold market with other people's gold. They've leased it out and had the bullion bank sell it to suppress the gold price. Now, central banks are saying, whoa, wait a second. I think we like to keep our gold in our own central bank. Thank you very much. And now the Fed says they can't do it. Oh, we'll give you back. uh, We have 1,500 tons of yours, but we'll give you back 300 tons. But it'll take us seven years to do so, and in the first year, we only gave you five. And at the same time, we see the, the stocks of gold at the Bank of England disappearing. The gold in many of the gold trusts, like GLD, is being looted. And all of this gold is disappearing into Asian markets. The entire West is being drained of gold. While the the East, the Asian countries, are buying it with both fists. And according to, to, to Paul Craig Roberts, this is an inflection point for the gold market. He says, quote, the reason is the ability to supply large amounts of gold to the bullion dealers to sell has diminished with the supply of gold and silver. What the Fed did was turn to massive naked shorts of gold futures contracts. They don't have the real gold. So they come in and they dump contracts, say in a period of six minutes, that are three times the amount of gold the COMEX has to make delivery. So it drives down the price of gold. And that's how they got the price of gold down from 1900 to 1250 
and on the gold holdings of the Federal Reserve, Dr. Roberts argues there are two big reasons why he says, I don't think they have any. He says there's no reason for partial delivery if you have the gold. Right. Why would the Fed say to Germany, no, we can't give you your 1,500. We'll give you 20% of it. We'll give you 30, um, 300 tons instead of 1,500 tons. But it'll take us seven years to do so. And in the first year, they'll only give five tons. They don't have it. It's that simple. They would have gave it to them otherwise. And like he says here, there's no reason for partial delivery if you have the gold. And he said, if people in the West try to move from dollars into gold bullion, and there's not any to speak of, then you would see a massive rise in the price of gold. And I think this year you are going to see further downturn in the economy. The signs are not only that we do not have a recovery, but it's only going to get worse. Christmas sales were very negative, which we'll talk about on the other side of the break. Uh, There's no growth in people's income and no jobs. So the economy goes down further. What does that mean? It means the deficit widens. It means that we have a greater debt ceiling lift. They have to have a bigger debt ceiling increase, and all of this will alarm the world. They'll say, good heavens, they already had a trillion-dollar deficit. Now it's gone up, and the Fed can't stop the quantitative easing without the stock and bond market collapsing. The bank solvency will become an issue, and the world will be watching a bigger deficit, more printing of money, and they're likely to start dumping dollars. And that's from a former assistant secretary of the treasury so the gold market although depressed right now is artificial the physical market is strong and i think 2014 is going to be a huge year for gold and we'll tell you why on the other side of the break all right 866-472-5790 is the phone number if you want to be part of the program my name is Lou katigna you're listening to the financial physician right here on voice america's business channel don't go away When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Financial Physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5790. That's toll free. 1-866-472-5790. Once again, here's Lou. 
All right, and we do have a caller on the line. It's Mike from Massachusetts. Mike, how you doing? Digging out from some snow up there? Hey, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, we got, anyway, uh, um, I think, some areas by us. We got 15 inches, so it's, it's pretty bad down here. Yeah, we, we pretty much like that where I am. But I've been a fan of yours for, for about two years, and I, I agree with pretty much everything you say. And uh, I'm, I used to be a pretty smart guy. I'm trying to find the, the guy I used to know. But uh, I, I had a great corporate job, um, got downsized when I was 53. Now I work a contract deal in my industry, but, you know, on a third of the money. But I got out of my old job with medical benefits and, you know, not a bad, you know, 401k and that kind of stuff. And I also was smart. I invested in real estate in the early 80s, early 90s. Owned a decent portfolio of rental property in kind of a middle-class town that, in a normal economy, kind of throws up pretty good income. In this economy, a lot of vacancies, evictions here and there. When everything's full, it runs pretty good. But um, I'm kind of I'm looking at the stock market, and I'm just saying to myself, you know, it, the only reason I see it at such a ridiculous high is is the Fed. I think if it wasn't for that, I don't think it'd be anywhere. So it's not a place I want to put my money. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the stock market? Well, you're absolutely right. Mike, I mean, uh, the stock market would not be where it is at just about record highs if it wasn't for the incredible amount of money printing that's been going on in the Fed. You know, the Fed's buying mortgage bonds and, and junk mortgage bonds that are probably worthless uh, from the Morgan Stanleys and the Goldman Sachs and the JP Morgans of the world. Uh, they're getting this liquidity. They're pushing it into the market and very thin trading and pushing stocks up and, 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 and making tons of money. Uh, but you can't you can't reconcile record stock prices and record amounts of poverty in the country, record amount of people on food stamps, record amount of people on disability insurance, uh, the labor participation rate, which we'll talk about later, dropping to 30-year lows. I mean, you know, the economy stinks, and the stock market's at record highs. There's this disconnect there, and, and ultimately – uh, there'll be a major, major correction in the stock market. I, I think the stock market is one of the more dangerous markets to be in. I think the stock market and the U.S. Treasury bond market are really some of the riskiest places in the world to put money right now. Now, having said that, I said that in 2013, and I was wrong. I mean, not about the bond market as much, but the stock market because it was the only game in town. I mean, the Fed keeps interest rates at zero. You can't make any money in the bank. Retired people are starving to death because they got no return on their savings. And they're forced to go into risk assets like the stock market. And when you see it going up and going up and going up, you say, let me get on that train too. Hey, even if it doesn't make any sense, it's going up. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I tell you, I think we're really, really close to a major downturn in the market for a number of reasons. But uh, using my, my client indicator, uh, when my clients start calling me up, especially conservative clients, and say, hey, you know, maybe I should move somebody out of my more conservative investments and put it into the stock market, I know we're at a top. And when my clients who have exposure to gold uh, call me up and say, you know, Lou, uh, this has been going down. I can't take it anymore. I want to sell. I see that capitulation. I know we're at the bottom in gold. So I think uh, uh, precious metals is the place to be regardless of the manipulation, regardless of 2013's 30% correction or manipulation, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I've been a financial advisor for 31 years now, and uh, I've never been uh, so baffled about how to advise people. Because markets aren't real anymore. I mean, they're right. all manipulations. I mean, they, look, if the, if, the, if the Fed wants the stock market to go up 30%, it's going up 30%. 
now is it real i, I don't know i mean uh uh if the if the if they want to just print a trillion dollars and buy u.s treasury bonds to support the treasury market and keep interest rates low they can do it if they want to short naked tons and tons of gold on a comex that never has to be delivered to anybody they could push the price of gold down so how do you advise somebody and every year i do a financial forecast uh and for many many years more years than not i was pretty spot on not I know. 100%. I was bummed out when they didn't do one this year well, I didn't do one because it's a fool's errand. I mean, how can you predict markets that are no longer free trading, that are all manipulated? What you're trying to do is predict, predict the manipulation. And I can't predict the manipulation. I, I, who knows that? So, so I mean, so me, it, it's so difficult. Let me get you the point of my call. Um, so I run into a friend that graduated high school with me like 35 years ago. He moved south. And we started talking about, like, I was telling him that I listen to you and I'm a big fan and I, I have not bought gold or silver. I mean, I keep thinking I'm going to, but I look at the ETF, and the ETF makes me nervous. And he's telling me he has $150,000 worth of silver and is buried in his basement. I said, I do not want silver buried in my basement. <laughs> so, so if you buy, if you decide to buy physical gold, physical silver, where the heck do you put it? Well, the gold is a little bit more easy to store than silver. I mean, um, you know, uh, I recently bought a hundred, uh, I recently bought a thousand ounces of American Eagle silver coins. They're heavy as hell and they're voluminous. I mean, where do you put it? And, and that costs roughly uh, $21,000. I mean, if I buy uh, 15 uh, gold American Eagles uh, for the same amount of money, I can hold them in my hand. You know, so gold gives you an easier opportunity to hide it, to store it somewhere, whatever, to move with it, to leave the country with it. Uh, silver, on the other hand, although I think silver has much more upside than gold does, because the, the silver to gold ratio right now is like sixty-four to one, and historically it's like twenty to one, meaning it takes twenty ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold right now we're at 64 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold silver is going to be explosive to the upside but again where do you put it well if you go on the internet and i'm going to give all my secrets away uh but uh if you go on the internet and look at at, at ways to store physical metals uh there's a lots of different ways to do it and the way to do it the best is to diversify how you store it uh, you know, some people say, well, what about a safe deposit box in a bank? Well, you know, if the banking system collapses, you know, who knows how safe your safe deposit is if you can get it. Keep it in your house, well, you have risk of somebody robbing you. You know, uh, burying it, well, you know, it's outside your home. I mean, you know, hopefully nobody finds it. You know, so there's, you have to diversify how you do it. And there's a lot of uh, actually very good storage companies that allocate your gold. It's, it, it's kept in one spot you know by yourself. You have to do your research uh, about okay. how to, uh, what are reputable. And, and there are numbers that. And, and some experts say you should have your, your gold and silver out of the country. Right. Stored in another country uh, in case this country goes to hell or there's a confiscation uh, of precious metals. So exactly. that I'll leave to you to do your own research. There's plenty ETF? of resources on the net. Do you, do you have confidence in the ETFs? Like, no. Well, I do have confidence in the ETFs. I have confidence in the ETFs that are bullion-based and audited, meaning that every ounce of gold they say they have is actual physical bullion kept in a vault and audited every six months. And I've mentioned 
the Central Fund of Canada as one option, the silver and gold mix, the Sprott Physical Gold Fund, the SIVR Silver ETF. These are, are, are ETFs that actually have the bullion, and they don't have futures contracts. The problem with GLD and SLV, the biggest ones, is that they have derivatives. They don't have as much gold as they say they do. They have futures contracts. They have uh, derivatives with other companies. But when the shit hits the fan and you have gold taken off, um, then uh, those entities, those counterparties may go bankrupt and you'll never see it. And those ETFs may be crashing when the metals are rising and you say, how could this be? So stay away from the big GLD and the SLV and stay with it. Either physical, bullion, coins, or go with the ETFs. And the ETFs make a lot of sense if you have IRA accounts that you know you don't want to cash in and pay the tax on. Just buy um, the um, the bullion-based ones. SIVR for silver. PHYS is the symbol for the gold. And uh, the Central Fund of Canada on the New York Stock Exchange symbol CEF uh, is a mixture of both. And all of them uh, I own uh, and, and I'm comfortable that uh, – as a security, uh, that they are the safest way to expose myself to precious metals. Mike, thanks for the call. I really do appreciate it. Thank and, you. Uh, good luck to you up there in Massachusetts, and keep plugging on. I appreciate it. All right, we were talking. You know, we're talking gold so far. The first half of the program, and and, and so forth. And we talked about manipulation. Now, last week, Germany's top financial regulator said possible manipulation of currency rates and prices for precious metals is worse than a LIBOR rigging scandal, which many of you probably don't know about, but that's a big thing and has already led to fines of over $6 billion to different financial institutions. And um, this guy, Elke Koenig, he's the president of, of, of Baffin, uh, which is a securities regulator uh, in uh, Frankfurt. And he's the first global finance regulators to comment publicly on the investigations as they uh, investigate uh, manipulation of financial markets, including foreign exchange, including gold, um, and including LIBOR. And uh, this, this tells you that this is happening when you start hearing this stuff. And we know it's happening. We can see it. So this, um, this group, Baffin, this regular interviewed Deutsche Bank employees as part of a probe of potential manipulation of gold and silver prices. And um, another uh, United Kingdom, England uh, financial regulator, the Financial Conduct Authority, is also reviewing gold benchmarks as part of a wider investigation of how prices are set. And this week uh, it was announced Deutsche Bank will no longer participate in the fixing price of gold. Every day in London, a number of dealers get together and fix the price of gold. They basically come to a conclusion of what real physical gold is trading for, and that becomes the price uh, of the fix, the AM fix and the PM fix. And uh, a major investor, this guy who's lived in 18 countries around the world and uh, discovered one of the largest gold discoveries in the last quarter century, his name is Keith Barron. He consults with major companies around the world, and he spoke about worldwide demand for gold recently. He said demand is still huge, and it's not abating. What caught my eye was a very large seizure of gold in Pakistan. Of course, that gold was destined to go across the border into India. Now, India has tried to restrict gold imports to protect their currency, but it's being smuggled in like crazy. They put a big, heavy duty on it, a tax on it. And it's clearly not working because uh, 
the government's talking about repealing it altogether because they know that uh, this is very unpopular in um, in England. So anyway, Barron goes on to say that the big surprise in 2014 for investors will come from the gold market. I believe the gold world will be rocked because there will be tremendous strains in terms of available physical gold. I also believe there will be a problem supplying contracts on the COMEX. Now, on the COMEX, they have about 100 claims to gold for every ounce of gold that the COMEX has in inventory. So if people start asking for that gold, then you got a big problem. Uh, if we look at Germany, very little of the German gold has been repatriated, even though they've requested a large amount of gold be returned to them from the Federal Reserve. We talked about that earlier. And I think we're having difficult finding large quantities of gold because so much physical gold is going to countries like Vietnam, Thailand, China, Japan, South Korea, Taiwan. Every country in the Far East is accumulating gold in a big way at these price levels. And, of course, the Chinese are busy moving to back the yuan, yuan with gold. And uh, I'm starting to believe it's getting easier and easier for a major player or players to pull a bunker hunt and corner the gold market. And he says he believes gold prices will be soaring in 2014 because the gold market is so vulnerable. All right, time for another break. 866-472-5790 is the phone number. My name is Luce Katega. You're listening to The Financial Position. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luce Katigna? Call him now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. Or email the show. Here's the address. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. Right, a programming note uh, starting this Friday... January 24th, uh, the Financial Physician Program is returning to WOBM AM 1160 on the Jersey Shore. Uh, and the Financial Physician Radio Program was a staple at WOBM for 12 years. And a year and a half ago, I decided to to move on and uh, go on a national stage. I was doing XM for five years, and uh, I decided that I just couldn't handle both at the same time. And um, 
after a year and a half, I really miss being on local radio. Uh, we had back-to-back callers all the time, and I, you know, I, I felt, felt that I was giving a lot of advice and help uh, to my listeners. And we were the number one rated radio program, FM or AM, uh, in my region uh, for very, basically 12 years. Had a huge audience, and, and when I shut down the program, uh, many, many people contacted me upset uh, that they no longer had their their fix at their financial position each and every week, and I'm going back. So I decided to go back locally. Uh, my first show is this Friday. Uh, anybody listening here uh, can listen to that program live Friday at 10 a.m., uh, 10 to 11 Eastern Time. Uh, WOBMAM.com is the website. I'll also archive the show. Uh, on the financialphysician.com. Now, I'm going to be doing both this show here on Voice America and the Friday show on Wednesday and the Friday show on WOBM at least till mid December. That's when my contract here at Voice America is over. And right now, it looks like I'm probably just going to do the local show on WOBM and stop doing uh, the Voice America show. I haven't made a final decision on that yet, but it looks like I'm leaning that way. Hopefully, this audience here who listens to me here on Voice America will follow me either at the com or at the WOBMAM.com uh, website uh, and listen to the program there. And uh, I'm really excited and looking forward to, to going back uh, uh, to local radio here on the Jersey Shore. And uh, again, the first show will be this Friday, and I'll have links to it um, on my website, thefinancialphysician.com. And remember, I have my blog there uh, on thefinancialphysician.com as well as the archiving uh, of this this radio program. All right, let's shift gears and go to uh, the jobs market. Uh, on this January 10th, I left on vacation January 11th, so we never got a chance to talk about this. And that was the awful, awful December uh, jobs report. It was ugly, very bad, horrible, however you want to call it. It was just dismal. Uh, economists were expecting 200,000 jobs to be created in December, and only 74,000 jobs were created in December, and half of them were part-time. They're garbage jobs. And it was the lowest amount of jobs added in one month since January of 2011. So this number was really, really bad. And at the same time, the unemployment rate dropped from 7% to 6.7%. So how can that happen? How can you have a great job, a terrible jobs number and see a three-tenths of 1% decrease in the unemployment rate? Well, the reason is that in December, the civilian labor force did what it usually does in the new normal that we're living in now. It dropped from 155.3 million to 154.9 million, which means the labor participation rate just dropped to a fresh 35-year low hitting levels not seen since 1978. So 62.8% of the population now are in the job force, down from 63% the month before. So people who are not in the labor force, according to the government, exploded higher by 535,000 to an all-time high of 91.8 million. 91.8 million people, adult age, are not working. Now, granted, many of those people are retired and so forth, but you're not considered unemployed if you're not actively looking for a job. Now, you could be long-term unemployed. You could be off unemployment insurance. You will not be counted as unemployed. Now, you ask these people if they're employed or unemployed, they'll tell you they're unemployed, but you ask the government, they will not count you as unemployed. You're not part of the participation rate 
uh, in a labor force. And it's been dropping precipitously. It's actually been dropping precipitously uh, pretty much since 2000, 2001. But over the last five years since the financial crisis hit, I mean, it's dropped uh, hugely from 66.5% uh, to what it is now, which is 62.8%. And again, these are mostly discouraged people. So the economy is dismal. You can just look at the job market. I mean, it's all about jobs. The economy is all about jobs and the consumer. Well, if you have a job, you will consume. If you don't have a job, you're not going to spend money. Well, last week, retailer JCPenney and computer chip manufacturer Intel both announced massive layoffs. These cuts, in response to slowing demand, demonstrate that despite soaring stock markets and President Obama's claim of a recovery, the real economy continues to slide towards stagnation, recession, whatever you want to call it. Now, J.C. Penney operates 1,107 stores across the United States. They're going to eliminate 2,000 jobs and shut down 33 stores between now and May. And believe me, that's not the end of it. Additionally, the company will move 3,000 workers off a salary system and onto a commission pay system. And by the way, uh, J.C. Penney's stock is down 63% since the beginning of 2013. How'd you like to be a shareholder of them? But JCPenney's not the only retailer that's out there struggling right now. And it's all because of a sharp fall in income and living standards for the majority of Americans. And we say, hey, look, all these people aren't working, and those who are working are in part-time jobs, barely getting by. How are they going to go out and spend? Unless they go deeper and deeper into debt. Another company, Best Buy, electronics retailer, experienced a 2.6% drop in sales in the 2013 holiday season. Sears experienced a 9.2% decline in sales for Christmas. Kmart, 5.7% decline. And those who follow the retail industry are expecting a tsunami of store closings to hit retail this year. And we have to get ready for a new era. I mean, uh, it's going to be an era where we have smaller stores and fewer shops. And a lot of people are on the internet now shopping. So, I mean, what's the use of having these big box stores when people just go on the internet and buy what they want? On Tuesday last week, actually Tuesday of this week, Sears said that it will shutter its uh, flagship store in downtown Chicago in April. And it's the latest of about 300 store closures in the U.S. that Sears has made since 2010. Macy's is also announcing store closures. Target said they're going to eliminate 475 jobs at its Minnesota headquarters. And experts say these headlines are only the tip of the iceberg for the industry, which is set to undergo a multi-year period of shutting stores, trimming square footage, and laying off employees. And analysts say shoppers will likely see an average decrease in the overall retail square footage of between one-third and one-half within the next five to ten years. Imagine that. A third to a half of retail space will be gone. Now, hopefully a lot of it has to do with e-commerce. But if that's not the main reason, then we have a big problem. And uh, we're going to see more and more of this. And again, more and more people unemployed. 
And the consumer is the biggest part of the economy. And we're seeing the consumer now pulling it back. And don't believe the happy talk that, that comes out of the White House, that comes out of the Federal Reserve or the Treasury Department about the economy. When they're talking about real unemployment, or they're talking about the misery index, because according to one Wall Street advisor, very influential, the figures are a total fraud. In a memo to clients, uh, David John Morota calculates that the actual unemployment rate for those not working at a sky-high 37.2%, not the 6.7% advertised by the Fed and the government, and the misery index, which is a combination of unemployment and inflation, is over 14, not 8, claimed by the government. And I told you, I've told you this many times, that whatever the government reports economically, I throw it right out the window. It's all bull. Mr. Moroda, who recently advised those worried about an imploding economy to get a gun, said that the government isn't being honest in how it calculates those out of the workforce or inflation. The two numbers used to get the misery index figure. The unemployment rate only describes people who are currently working or looking for work. That leaves out a ton more. Unemployment in its truest definition, meaning the portion of people who do not have any job, is 37.2%. Um, and it, it you know, obviously includes some people who are not ever going to look for a job, but it does describe how many people are not able to, do not want to, or cannot find any work. Then there's the misery index. This was very popular during uh, uh, Jimmy Carter's presidency, uh, Ford's presidency, and it's based on inflation and unemployment. And both numbers, uh, he says, are underscored by the government. Why would the government lie to us? Oh, boy. He said that the index doesn't properly calculate how Uncle Sam is propping up the economy with bond purchases and other actions. These tricks, along with a host of other dubious accounting schemes, underreport inflation by about 3%. I think it's more like 6 maybe more than that. And they say that the, uh, well, the government says the official inflation rate is 1.24%, which we know isn't true. So today, the misery index would be 7.54 using official government figures. But if calculations tabulating the full national unemployment, including discouraged workers, which is over 10%, and historical method of calculating inflation, which is now 4.5%, which I think is closer to 9 the current misery index is closer to 14.7%. Again, do not trust anything the government tells you, whether it's a gross domestic product number. The jobs created is probably a lot worse than that 77,000 terrible number that was announced a week ago. And the quality of jobs being created is just dreadful. Flipping hamburgers, no benefits. This just came out this morning. Target will end health insurance for part-time employees in April. Joining Trader Joe's, Home Depot, and other U.S. retailers that have scaled back benefits in response to changes from Obamacare. So now these people are going to have to go into the exchanges and be forced into Obamacare uh, because they just can't afford to do it anymore. Obamacare just keeps giving and giving. I should say taking away and taking away. But remember, you can keep your doctor if you like them. You can keep your insurance if you like it. And you're going to save $2,500, the average family. Biggest lies ever told uh, by a president. 
All right, time for our last break, 866-472-5790 is the call number. If you want to be part of the program, my name is Lewis Katigny. You're listening to The Financial Physician right here on Voice America's business channel. Don't go away. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The Financial Physician, your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Call America's Money Doctor right now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. You can also log on to our website at www.thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou Scatigna. All right, let's shift gears and let's go to probably one of the most corrupt places in the entire planet, and that's Washington, D.C., and some interesting news that came out over the last week uh, in Washington. Headline, criminal charges not expected in IRS probe. The Federal Bureau of Investigation doesn't plan to file criminal charges over the Internal Revenue Service's heightened scrutiny of conservative groups, according to law enforcement officials. A move that will likely only intensify debate over the politically charged scandal. The official said investigators didn't find the kind of political bias or quote-unquote enemy hunting that would amount to a violation of criminal law. Instead, what emerged during the probe was evidence of a mismanaged bureaucracy. Enforcing rules about tax exemption applications, it didn't understand 
according to law enforcement officials. While the case is still being investigated and could remain open for months, officials familiar with its progress said it's increasingly unlikely any criminal charges will result. What a surprise. The government investigates itself and finds no wrongdoing. No, it was just mismanagement and just not understanding the tax exemption applications and how they worked. It wasn't just against conservatives. There was 5% liberal groups that they looked at as well. It wasn't political. It was part of rigging an election is what it was. And it was very effective in stopping conservative groups from raising money to run commercials to get Obama unelected. It was part of a multiple-pronged strategy to rig the 2012 election. Including lying about Benghazi in Philadelphia 100% of almost every precinct voted for Obama. There's not one person in the city of Philadelphia that voted for Romney. I won. But that's, you know, what do you expect? That's, that's just the way it is. Another corrupt article about Washington. Tim Geithner, Treasury Secretary at the time, warned Standard & Poor's chairman that the U.S. would retaliate for the downgrade of the credit rating in August of 2012. Was it 12 or 11 or 12? It's hard, to, it's hard to keep pace anymore. I think it was 2011. In August, S&P downgraded the United States from AAA rating to uh, AAA, uh, double, uh, AA, A minus. And in April of that year, Tim Geithner was interviewed. And Peter Barnes asked him, is there a risk that the United States can lose its AAA credit rating? Yes or no? And Geithner's response was, there's no risk of that. No risk. And considering that the U.S. was downgraded by S&P just four months later, uh, one person who certainly wasn't happy about it and probably uh, remembered his historic pronouncement um, the former Treasury Secretary, Tim Geithner, uh, and being the sore loser that everyone suspected that he was, it will come as no surprise that Geithner told the chairman of the embattled rating agency, Standard & Poor's, that its downgrade of the U.S. from AAA to AA+, would be met by a response. Well, uh, S&P filed uh, a declaration of McGraw yesterday in the federal court of Santa Ana, California, as part of a request to force the U.S. to hand over potential evidence the company says will support its claim that the government filed a fraud lawsuit against it last year in retaliation for its downgrade of the U.S. debt two years earlier. Uh, in his court statement, McGraw said, Geithner, now, now, now uh, McGraw is um, uh, the 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 head company of Standard & Poor's. It's owned by McGraw Company. And so McGraw said that um, that uh, Geithner called him 
He's the chairman of McGraw & Company. Uh, called him on August 8, 2011, after S&P was the only credit ratings agency to downgrade the U.S. debt. Geithner, McGraw said, told him that S&P would be held accountable for the downgrade. Government officials said that the downgrade was based on an error by S&P. Well, Standard & Poor's conduct would be looked at very carefully, Geithner told McGraw, according to the filing. Quote, such behavior would not occur, he said, without a response from the government. Meaning that the government was going to come down on Standard & Poor's for lowering the ratings on the U.S. government debt. And sure enough, last year the Justice Department accused Standard & Poor's of lying about its rating, ratings being free of conflicts of interest, and is seeking as much as $5 billion in civil penalties. The government alleged in its February 4, 2013 complaint that S&P knowingly downgraded the risk on securities before the credit crisis to win business from investment banks seeking the highest possible ratings to help sell the instruments. And that did happen. It happened with all the rating services. And none of this comes as a surprise. It's been well known for a long time that the only reason that the U.S. Department of Injustice targeted only S&P and not Moody's or Fitch for their crisis-era ratings of mortgages is precisely due to Geithner's vendetta with S&P. And of course, this selective punishment uh, simply means that nobody else will dare to touch the U.S. rating ever again or speak badly against the sovereign in public medium for fares of retribution. So that means that the, the credibility of the rating agencies is now non-existent. So this is a total government corruption, fascism, whatever you want to call it. Trying to tell rating agencies they have no right to rate the debt of our country anything but AAA. How could that be? How could that be? How could the government be so strong-armed to do that? I mean, what country do we live in? More massive corruption, fraud. J.P. Morgan announced last two weeks that they're going to pay $2 billion in the Madoff case. Uh, J.P. Morgan is going to pay, I think it's $1.7 billion in penalties for allegedly failing to issue warnings about Madoff's Ponzi scheme. Good thing is the bulk of the money is going to go to the people that Madoff ripped off. But the bank was the clearing firm for 20 years with Madoff, and they didn't know what was going on, right? They didn't know. I have owned a broker dealer for 18 years. I deal with clearing firms. They know everything. Trust me, they know. Now, William Black, he's a, he's a well-known professor of law and economics, and he's quoted a lot. He's on TV a lot and talks about what's going on on Wall Street and banks. And um, he is basically saying that J.P. Morgan, because of all their little settlements they had to make over the last year, they, they, they had $23 billion in fines last year. You believe that? $23 billion. A billion is a thousand million. They paid $23,000 in fines last year. Nobody goes to jail, though, for the, the, the so-called London whale trading losses, 
uh, the selling of tainted mortgage bonds, to be in the conduit uh, for fraudster Bernie Madoff. There's a number of them. And Professor Black says that CEO Jamie Dimon has provided over the largest financial crime spree in world history. And it depends on, on how you count it, but uh, this is what, what we're dealing with here. J.P. Morgan, $23 billion in fines. Nobody goes to jail. Corrupt Washington, corrupt Wall Street, it's all the same. And we're the ones who pay the price. All right, out of time. Thanks for joining us. Go so fast here on The Financial Physician. Our website, thefinancialphysician.com. My email, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Have a wonderful week, and please join me next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the next edition of The Financial Physician. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 